everybody, Brad Geiger here with another episode of Webcomics Weekly that's brought to you by the generous support of the Kickstarter backers of my new book, The Webcomics Handbook, now available on Amazon.com. We're still shipping books to backers, so if you haven't gotten yours yet, hang tight. It's coming soon. And thank you for your patience. This has been a huge undertaking, and I appreciate you guys understanding. Today, we've got a tremendous conversation to share. I'm joined by Dave Kellett and Chris Straub. Scott Kurtz, unfortunately, was unable to join us because he was traveling to Texas to celebrate his father's 70th birthday. Uh, you're going to hear me in a few minutes say 75th, and, uh, and Frank is going to appreciate that I correct myself uh, in the get-go. He's uh, turning 70 years old this week. But... Dave, Chris, and I soldier on talking at length about Chris's impending fatherhood. Dave and I give him some hard-won advice and share some stories. It's a great conversation. And then when I get an email from a cartoonist playfully complaining that I hadn't put her in my documentary, I ask Dave, the real co-creator of the seminal cartooning documentary Stripped, which has been recently released in Canada, if this was a small taste of the seventh ring of Dante-like hell that he earned by investing years of his life into making this masterful work of living history. (laughs) And then the real stories start. Stay tuned. It's a bonus episode of Webcomics Weekly. Well, here we are again. It's been a long time and we've got a lot to talk about. Welcome back to Webcomics Weekly. I have with me uh, two of my very best friends uh, over there on the left, Chris Straub. Hello. And uh, Hello, and young Davey <laughs> Kellett over there on the right. Hello, everyone. And unfortunately, Scott was not able to join us for tonight's uh, uh, recording. He is uh, with his... Uh, his brother and his father. It's uh, Frank's seventy-fifth uh, birthday, so they're down yeah. there celebrating seventy-five years of Frank's life, and and uh, so he's got a really good reason for not being there. But we will struggle on without him. And we've I, got. I a like, lot by the way, Brad, that when we, yes. we we've done this before, where we do uh, my friend on the left and my friend on the right. It sounds like one of those talk shows that tries to balance out two or three different political spectrums. Yes. Uh, you ever heard those ones? Like, <laughs> joining us on the left from Liberal News Now, Chris Straub. <laughs> joining us on the right from Conservatives for a Amer- Better America, Dave Kellett. First of all, guys, I hate religion, and uh, I think it's the opiate of the masses. And Chris, if you would just change your supply side spending. Uh, theories then i think we could agree that um anyway guys i want you to know i did my my we haven't done web comics weekly in a while and i did my typical web comics weekly warm-up which is uh first make a triple shot latte which is great <laughs> good good and then nice. then spend 20 minutes looking for the headphones that i bought four years ago <laughs> which includes like looking in the laundry basket digging around drawers that have 40 remote controls in it like i don't know where these headphones are and then I take my 20-minute my afternoon constitutional and then uh, ready to record. We're good to go. Well, good. I'm... Uh, that's nice. I, I, uh, it, it, it just feels like it's been a long week. That's how I'm coming back in. Like, wh- where did we leave off? Yeah, that's so exactly. And the topic is six years old. So, all right. So Transformers <laughs> yeah. 2 is out, and we're, uh, we're talking about that. Guys, I'm nervous about this Kachinga thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
I don't know what. Wow. Wow. You just pulled that out of thin air. I, I never cease to be amazed by that. I know that. What's funny is there's probably three people in the audience that even remember that because oh, I didn't God. even remember it at first. That was. But amazing. those those three are just reveling right now, and 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 one of them is probably Kachingle Marty or whatever the uh, CEO's <laughs> name was. <laughs> Kachingle Marty sounds like a weird holiday, uh, like Santa. You know, it's like, uh, well, hello, I'm Kachingle Marty here to bring you your Kachingle gifts and presents. Right, he's bringing bark for everyone. I don't want that. God, it's such a weird this family. <laughs> no, it's been so. Yes, we're we're oh. we're ready to roll, and we're and the deck is stacked oh, with topics. We've got so much to talk about. So much. I mean, it it has been longer than a week, and and there's been a lot that's happened. Maybe most importantly, I think certainly most importantly is that Chris is going to be a father. In in a matter of weeks, that's true. And from the, the time of this recording, maybe about five six weeks at most. Yeah, and by the time I finally get all these sound files put together, probably three days. <laughs> yeah. We'll be we will actually just be playing this at the, our child's first birthday. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant at the delivery. You could be playing in the in the delivery room. Oh yeah, no. I want I want you guys in there with me. If not in if in person, then in spirit. What an inappropriate use for a podcast, guys. Today we're talking about web comics, t-shirts, and books. And oh, push, push. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hold on. Hold on, buddy. guys. I, I just need, a, we'll I need to step away from my headphones for a minute. I'm just. Oh God, it's beautiful. The baby's eyes are so beautiful. All right. So when I sell books, what I like to do is. <laughs> yeah. Just immediately turn it off. All right, that's enough of that. So <laughs> keep that baby down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This also means, Brad, by the way, since the last time that we recorded, that we could probably triangulate when Chris had sex, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Can, that's something we. That's something we virtually spend entire conventions trying to figure out. So that's. <laughs> this is the first time we could mathematically figure it out. This is great. So that's what all those calendars were. For. <laughs> yes. It's like well, God knows I wasn't selling them. Chris, we have like Mayan <laughs> bead calendars, and we're. We're baking out, you know, uh, different calendar systems from around the world, trying to figure it out. No, 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 Brad, you've got it all wrong. If you look at the uh, Aztec system, you're going to see that Chris was drunk that night, and so there's a possibility. And uh, it was very high. Yeah, the likelihood. Increased. Well, yeah, but we're, look, we're looking at an August date. <laughs> 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 yeah, do you have to just figure out what con it was? I guess. Yeah. No, no, Brad, Brad, you remember how tired Brad was, or Chris was at Baltimore. There's, there's no way. There's no, <laughs> there's way. no way he could have possibly <laughs> he was he, he did three panels. He did a podcast. He did. Uh, he was on his feet no. all day signing. There was no way for him to fit it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm. uh, all right, moving on. So fatherhood. All right. So how are you feeling about it? I'm, I'm very excited about it, but the, but the realities of it are not here. I'm mostly just excited about it. But I, the thing I'm not excited about is how you don't sleep at all. And I, don't, and I, not having been there yet, don't understand what it's like to actually not get your, your usual eight per night or whatever. <laughs> yeah. well, you may get a contiguous two. Let me, let, me, let me jump in here real quick. And I don't know whether I've ever had this conversation with you. I think I had it with Dave. Uh, oh, he did the. He, by the way, it was the most uncle-y talk that I ever got from Brad. <laughs> I well, remember. You know what? It's something that it was profound for me, uh, and, and that is this: hey, Do you, I, I, if you are like 
almost every other guy that is in this position of, of about to be a father. Uh, has every other male in your life come up to you and told you that your life is over? Uh, it's been, it's not as many as I thought it would be, but it seemed like a, I, I don't have that many friends who are like, <laughs> welcome to the misery club. I don't, I haven't had that much of that, which is, has been good, nice. Good. It's been much more reasonable. Yeah. That's good. Cause that's exact. Cause that's what happened to me is that my dad came. I still remember being on the golf course. This is a long time ago. I used to actually golf. And I was on the golf course, and my dad and my younger brother, who already had uh, uh, kids at that point, uh, said, boy, uh, you know, basically gave me the your life is over uh, speech and said, you know, that comic strip that you're doing, forget about it. You're not going to have time to do that. You're not going to have time to do anything that you want to do. Your time is all going to be spent taking care of this kid. And working to make sure that, you know, the kid has uh, food and, and all this other stuff. And I mm-hmm. got really, really depressed. And I, and I went back to work and, and I was working uh, at the newspaper at that point. And I was sitting up having, having dinner and me and this uh, uh, photographer always used to have dinners together. And, uh, and, and there was a couple of the photographers sitting there. And, uh, and I was just down in the mouth and they finally got it out of me. What was bugging me? And both these guys were dads and they said, nah, you know what? It's really not like that. What it is is, yeah, your life is upside down, especially those first two weeks are really tough. The first two weeks are, are brutal. There's no getting around Mm -hmm. it. But after that, you just kind of start to find ways to incorporate this new person into your life. And it, 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 I, it, it was true. I didn't sit down at the at the drawing board when I wanted to and and noodled something out. Instead, I had a little playpen set up next to the drawing board, and I would pick my times. And when when the kid, you know, when the baby was content and was playing with the little toys in the crib or whatever, I'd be right next to him, talking all you know the whole time, chattering away and drawing. And, uh, you know, it, it's just like you find all of a sudden you've got the baby Bjorn, you've got the backpack, you do all the stuff that you used to do, you're just doing it with the baby in your arms now. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Don't you? That seems like what, it's, what it comes down to. You just have to get over that hump of the first, whatever that interval was is. The, Dave, was the first week like that for you too, or was that just my experience? No, I think it is worth emphasizing that... Um, both the both the, the the that there are highs and lows because I think sometimes people um, also diminish that there can be moments of, of feeling very alone and feeling very um, overwhelmed you know too um, yeah. like, so I don't want I don't want you to feel like you'd be the only one if you did feel overwhelmed but um, there is a lot of joy in the process and it's it can be a fun learning together like when you absolutely ruin a diaper change and you are elbow deep in it and you're just like how did this happen oh it's everywhere you have to laugh because it's uh it's just it's so it's so overwhelmingly murphy's law that that there's joy in it you know and i think that's true with a lot of parenting but the sleep um for me brad said two weeks for me it was about the first six months um is particularly bad and then it gets better and then at the year point it's very better and then you know i i think and then uh the year and a half point um day-to-day life gets a little easier and then I think at the two and a half year point life gets very much easier and then you know don't you think Brad there's sort of stages where you're like oh this oh, is so much gets, better 
this is so much. It you gets know. better and better, and 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 we're at the point now. I've got a, a an eight year old and a twelve year old, and we're at the point now where the twelve year old all of a sudden you know comes up and says, "Hey, Dad, uh, I heard about this thing called Star Trek: The Next Generation. What's it all about?" And so we pull it up on Netflix, and he makes it through the Farpoint saga, which was which told me that he had what it took to you know go the distance. <laughs> and uh, and we've been it was like chariots of fire of uh, yes, Star Trek. That's great. Yes. <laughs> and we and we've been watching uh, him, and the eight year old kind of hangs with it, but he you know he he'll pull up snappy long nose on his nook and and put his headphones on, but he just enjoys being part of the group. Uh, but we, we've sat and watched the uh, uh, we watched episodes of TNG since summer vacation started uh, at the rate of about once a night. And we're just making our way through the seasons. And that's the kind of stuff that you really get to look forward to. And, and, and you certainly don't have to wait until they're 12. But you, 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 as they get older, you get to start re-experiencing all of this stuff that you really loved when you were a kid through yeah. their eyes. Yeah, that's you know? absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I'm currently going through that with Legos, Brad. I just I just yeah. dropped about a hundred bucks on Amazon because I'm like I'm so excited for this. Oh, Legos is amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> the kids, yeah, I know exactly. They're at school, and I'm like, woo, yeah, Legos. Um, I never had the city said, set. I was, I was hoping they didn't like. I know, but um, so I but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, the, can I give you though the single best advice? And I think this is worth sharing publicly that Brad gave me because I think mm. it's true for a lot of husbands, and it's very useful advice. Which is Brad said that um, he kind of pulled me aside and he said, listen, the best bit of both husband and father advice I can give you is that your wife, bless her heart, has no choice for big chunks of her life for at least the next you know, three to six months with, if, if she's breastfeeding, that she, she always has to pump or always has to breastfeed and she cannot escape that cycle, right? It's a, it's a biological imperative by a clock right. almost. So the least you can do is if it. she's responsible for everything going in, you're responsible for everything coming out. And I think it was hmm. such great advice because you can't uh, substitute for her having to, to feed or pump. And, you know, it's a miserable process. She has a meeting. She still has to pump. She's got to go somewhere. She still has to feed. You know, like it's she can't escape it. So the least you can do is every diaper change. Um, and it's uh, that was I thought that was great advice. I, I really appreciated that because it's just that it's also good. just a nice partnership vow of like nope I will take care of every single one of these and you do yep. not have to worry about one of Cause, them cuz even if she if even if you are taking a bottle out of the out of the freezer and and warming it up and all like that and 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 you you quote unquote are feeding the baby she still had to pump first to get you to that point yeah. there's no way of 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 extricating her from that and and really honest to god once you get over that, uh, going back to that first week, I think it's called perconium, uh, the, the poop that comes out in the first... Uh, oh, meconium. Oh, man, that stuff is toxic waste. It's, it's, it's <laughs> loathsome. Once... Webcomic. We just go out on that. Three to go. Um, no, it, it, once you get past that, You've got you've got just it's just normal poop and pee and uh, you know you you get uh, you get a really high threshold for gross at that point. You know how you know how like a surgeon you know how like a surgeon nothing bothers them anymore. Yeah. If you've changed diapers for any number of times, like nothing bothers you anymore. You're like, nah, it's fine. I'll you know what. It's like what Dave? What's that on your shirt? Ah, it's just a little bit of poop. 
<laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's just nothing phases you. Anymore. Oh, no, no, no. Don't worry. It's human. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. What do you think I am? Disgusting? It's, yeah. It came from I, a person. I like how Brad took the, the most extreme possibility of like, I'm just walking around with a, with a dump on my shirt. Like, no <laughs> big deal. Turd. Like, I wouldn't go and change my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like a big yeah. turd broche. Yeah. <laughs> You do. You actually put the diaper on you because you didn't want to throw it out. Ah, I don't want to empty it out. I'll just wear it's, it. Not, it's like people are like, David, this is Christmas dinner. And you're like, nah, what do you want from me? Uh, <laughs> look at it, guys. Oh, I'm sorry, your majesty. <laughs> Listen, I didn't, I didn't realize I was in Rome here. I'm sorry, everyone. Now, do you know the gender of the baby? It's a boy. Okay, so here's oh, what hey, you Oh, hey, I do. didn't know that. Sorry. When you're going in for that diaper change, yeah. you are Captain America. And here's what I mean. You got the dry diaper in your left hand as a shield because as soon as you pull that dirty diaper down, it's game on because that little shit is going to take aim at you every last time. You've got to have the shield ready because he's going to fire away as soon as that diaper's off him and now, you've got to be why ready. Why does that happen? Huh? Why does that happen? It's exactly, I, it's exactly it like Brad after three beers. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> with better aim. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I've had to add the left the left hand with the diaper every time. <laughs> Brad, this for your own good. <laughs> yeah, and you were very good not to throw it at me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, lest this become an hour discussion of diaper changes, um, I think though the the more interesting thing is maintaining creativity amidst a new baby in the house. Don't you think, Brad? That's a that's a that's probably a better steering of this discussion. That's that's yeah. difficult because uh, because you don't have the luxury of just, you know, kind of letting it happen. You do have to pick your moments and say, OK, now's the time when I'm going to be creative. But here's the uh, and, and there's there's nothing you can do other than be a creativity vulture. And at, at that point, in other words, if you've got five minutes at 11 o'clock, then you swoop in and that's the time you've got. And you and you just got to kind of be perched there waiting for it and, and ready for it. And the baby's going to be on a schedule at a certain point. And you're going to say, okay, I, I know that 10 o'clock is going to be nap time. I'm going to be able to, sl- you know, slide in and, and get my stuff done. And, 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 you know, I, you can, you can do that kind of thing, but you're also going to be finding it on the other side of it is that there's so much that involved with take being around a baby that really gets your creative juices going I mean, just hanging out with a baby, you start you, you start to play and you start to get down on that level and, and be dopey and, and funny. And that's the root of creativity is playing like a child, yeah. you know? Yeah. I will absolutely echo that, Brad. I think that's totally true because at first you're thinking, oh, God, all my traditional creativity um, fuels are gone. I'm not reading as much. I'm not socializing as much. I don't get to watch as much entertainment. And so, you know, all the things that used to trigger thoughts are not there in as, in as much uh, as they used to be. But then on the flip side of that, you have this person who's, who's literally trying to figure out how the world works. And that yeah. triggers so much creativity on how you view the world. And you're like, oh, my God, that's right. Hmm. Of course you would think that that blue thing is a is a, a bird or that red car is a fire truck because it's red or, you know, all the things, the basic, basic interpretations of the world get questioned again and, and it, it creates new kinds of joke construction, which is great. So it's not something that it, it just t- translates only into new comics about 
parenthood. Not if you if it, you're it, careful a, about it. If you're careful about it, because we all know the cartoonist who, as soon as they have a child, everything becomes the sappiest thing in the world, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. Uh, it's forty strips about baby wiggums, and uh, you know, suddenly the 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 strip that was previously about um, math algorithms or or you know video games now is about baby blues you know that kind of thing yeah. so um we've seen we've all seen that happen um but uh and and allow some of it to happen because sometimes uh, you know ch- child humor is universal but you'll find too that a seed of an idea that comes from a baby crawling for the first time or a baby figuring out how to laugh um will translate into how adults laugh stupidly at a bar or you know some other joke i mean you know how jokes iterate on themselves so you just let it you yeah. let it iterate for a while and and a baby joke becomes something about you know a, an office situation or something like that so that's good that's reassuring cuz i and i i had thought that what happens is when you become a parent and your work suddenly starts to turn into that it's not just because you're so proud and you're so you know you're trying to express this to you, the world of how wonderful this is but more that you are inundated by it and you actually <laughs> don't have any other source for content other than it's like look i just spent the last 20 hours with this infant. yeah that's what i'm going to be writing well about. and that and that will happen and you know what i think another thing to say and a I know, little bit that'll happen yeah, yeah I, I i think I, i'm trying not to 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 fall back into platitudes here but um one thing that you have to do as an artist who is also a parent is you have to be kind to yourself and easy on yourself for I would say at least the first six months that that this this six month period is not your overall career and no one will judge you for that six month period so go easy on yourself that maybe you're shooting at 90% your normal capacity but that's okay you know that's not the worst you're also welcoming a new life into the world and no one's going to beat you up for it you know right yeah, yeah and, and here's here's another th- Sometimes they do. I saw somebody, I saw a, a, uh, I don't remember where it was, Twitter or somewhere, but after they had heard that I was having a baby, the the tweet was not at me, but had my name, and it said, why do these guys keep doing this to themselves? Like expecting the work downturn and stuff like that. Wow. It's like, not, not everybody's thrilled, I guess, but that's okay. I understand. Well, and it, I mean, That's super pragmatic. something about what Dave said was also true in that, I mean, so reading your stuff, you put a lot of, especially Chainsaw Suit, you put a lot of what's, what's going on in your world into that, into that comic. You know, yeah. So true. it's only natural that some of that stuff is going to be how the, uh, how this baby entering your life has, has affected you. It's just going to be a natural outcome of that. Yeah. Well, and yeah. You, to put another positive spin on this to make you optimistic, like, you know how there are moments in your life where your internal editor that, that often says, no, 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 that's not funny. Um, sometimes that internal mm-hmm. editor gets turned off for whatever reason, and you end up writing your better stuff because of it. Um, yeah. And I guess what I'm getting at here is uh, I remember being absolutely exhausted I was up all night with the baby, um, and it was like 3 a.m., and I was literally at the point of tears. I was so tired. I was like, please, sweetheart, you've got to go sleep. <laughs> um, but in that, in that moment, I came up with one of the, the most surreal and what I think is one of the more joy-filled strips I ever did, which was this one about – it's a, like a long poem about a goat in a boat. And uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw this one. It, it, it's like five scrolls long. Yeah. Um, what was it called? It, Totes My Goats was the, was the name of the strip. Um, 
And then at the end, it becomes this really weird, surreal boating thing from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service at the end. And it makes no sense at all. But it's that nonlinear, surreal quality of it that I think makes it a better strip than I ever would have produced had I not been so damn exhausted that night. You know? <laughs> yeah, sleep, yeah, sleep deprivation can work for you. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to the return of some nightmares, actually, <laughs> in, a, in a serious way. Yeah. Like, I... Because I, in dreams in general, because I've noticed that in the last couple of years, I don't remember my dreams anymore. And I used to write them down religiously, and there would be useful stuff in there, I thought. Not just nightmares, but any kind of dream. But being, I just am not getting woken up in the middle. So I, I, if you get your full night and you don't have any cause to wake up and write it down, you lose right. it. I'm going to have every single one of these <laughs> in the near term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and here's something I tell new dads all the time, too, and it, and it sounds a little bit uh, macho, but I think you guys know me well enough to know that that's not where this is coming from. You really don't need eight hours sleep. You, you really mm-hmm. don't. Once you get used to uh, that, that compressed sleep schedule, I'm convinced uh, once that happens, uh, your, your, your body it trains itself to hit REM cycles earlier and stuff like that. Uh, there, was, there was an awful long time that I was going six, sometimes five. Well, five would, would, would have been tough, but six definitely uh, routinely uh, throughout mm-hmm. the week. And, you know, it, 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 after a while, that was my new normal, and... and I was doing just fine, and and I know it wasn't above me to catch a cat nap, uh, a, a, like a little twenty minute power nap in the afternoon charges you right up. Uh, but you know, it, it, it don't don't get all hung up on this whole idea of I gotta have my eight hours, I gotta have my eight hours. As long as you're getting REM in there somewhere, you're doing just fine. Right. Yeah. And and part of why the first chunk is so hard is that REM you might not be hitting REM in the first bits because your schedule. What is REM? Forty-five minutes to normally takes to get to REM. Or yeah. Minutes. Yeah. Um, you'll you'll probably get through one complete REM cycle and then the baby's back up again. And that's that's why it's a little tricky at first because you're not choosing. Like for example, I'm the king of sleep deprivation in the sense that if I'm working till three a.m., I'm like, oh, I love what I'm doing. I'm I'm firing on all pistons. Three a.m. Everybody's asleep. I'm working, 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 and then I'm back up yeah. at eight. You know. But the that when you choose sleep deprivation is very different than when someone else chooses it for you. Yeah. And that's what makes this stage of life so tricky is that someone else is choosing your sleep deprivation <laughs> for you. You know, it's a very different thing than going from sleeping from three to eight a.m. or three, you know, versus sleeping from eleven to twelve thirty, yeah. one to, one yeah. to three, you know, whatever the <laughs> time is. So, like Brad said, I think what you have to do is you. Um, the new normal is a great phrase because that's what life becomes for a little while. It's just like, well, okay, I have a one-hour window to work, and then I'll sleep the next one-hour window, and then I'll, you know, whatever, however you, whatever strategies you can figure out, and it's different from every person, but uh, you'll figure out a strategy that works for you as far as maintaining a schedule. Well, I, I appreciate that. So <laughs> I'm realizing that I don't have a lot of input. I, I, was, I know it. we're, we're <laughs> and then we'll check you back in in six months, and I'll let you know so, this was all in. <laughs> so here's my, and and you might not want to even talk about this on a podcast, but what's what's your biggest fear as far as what you're getting into in in another month here? God, you know me, uh, <laughs> like I've. I'm scared of like forgetting, you know, I'm scared of all this stuff where you're like, 
oh, the new parents we know are like, you'll drop them. <laughs> it's going to happen. And they're fine. And I don't believe them. Uh, but just the small stuff like that, like those very small mechanical things, yeah. like how do you hold it? Especially because the the head is all the the neck is oh, so weak at the beginning. Yeah, that's yeah. that that that. It just terrifying. again that was the part of those first couple of weeks that I really did not like. We when we brought Alex home uh, the first the the, the the first night, or we we slept through the night you know as well as we could, and the next day we did not leave the bedroom. Like uh, we ventured out to use the restroom. And I went down to the kitchen and made food and brought it back up to Carolyn, but she never left that room. Oh, yeah, I remember those yeah. days. That's and then the true. next day we ventured out a little bit but came right back, and I made a tr- uh, I walked to the corner store for hoagies and came back, and that was it. And then it, on the third day we both ventured downstairs while the baby was asleep upstairs in the crib. And... It took us three days, and we and we stood there, and we're like, "Oh my God, we're here. The baby's up there. He's asleep. We 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 didn't know what to do with ourselves. We 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 finally ordered Chinese food and watched Cops on TV and had like one of the biggest giddiest laughs of our entire marriage because it was gonna work. That's when we finally knew it was gonna work. Sitting there watching Cops. Yeah. Cops is sort of the cops well, is sort of the universal cops. sign that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> it's like it's like the biblical rainbow, you know, like when cops That's comes right. on, you're like, oh, That's you know right. what? It's not, my life is not this, at least. All right, well, good. Right. You hear that little? Nobody's banging my door down. I don't. My, I have my shirt on. So. <laughs> I'm not them. <laughs> uh, but God, Brad, I had forgotten about that. You totally reminded me about those first days. Like, I remember when I first went outside again. I'm like, I'm outside. I'm outside. <laughs> this is great. Oh, the air is different. Oh, it's a breeze. That's what it is. I forgot about this. And for a half second, you, you think to yourself, I could just keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> right. He might sleep a long time. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but I, I also I, remember, and it's a it's it's amazing what it happens. Our second child, we got a nurse who was amazing. Do you guys remember the Pee Wee Herman movie with Large Marge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. got a nurse that was like sixty years of veteran of the oh. of the of the newborn ward, and she was like, "Here's what you need to do, kid." And and she was like, "You're you're a second time around, Dad. All right, I'm still going to show you some things." And she showed me tricks that I was like, "Wow, that's awesome! I never oh I ne- I, I went through a whole child and didn't know that trick. That's amazing! Oh wow, that too! Like yeah. ask ask for the oldest nurse in the ward to come by, male or female. They will show you every trick they know about diaper changes and." Breastfeeding and everything—it's awesome. I yeah. love—I love it when the older, experienced ones come through. We had the same experience, and it was with our second one. And, it, and for me, it was because Carolyn gave birth to Max later on at, at night, and it just so happened there was a lull in the nursery, and I got one of these older nurses, and and I was kind of like she was she was gonna cart him off and clean him up. And I was very much like, I'm going to follow you, and I, I just, I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes on him. It's just my thing, and you're going to have to deal with it. And she says, well, listen, there's nothing going on. You can come right in, and I'll show you some stuff. And so I had the same exact experience where she was showing, you know, that I, 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 she showed me how to swaddle that kid. And kids do at that, you know, infants, infants love to be swaddled nice and tight. Because yeah. they're, they're used right. to being in that womb. So she showed me how to swaddle that little shit up and, and get him nice and snug. <laughs> <laughs> 
and 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 all of suddenly the Midwest came out. She showed me how to swaddle that goddamn little shit up. Exactly. I thought it was like emotional. Like he showed me how to swaddle him, and I hate my son. And it was the most wonderful. Whoops! 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 We let the dam out. Oh God! Oh no! Oh. Oh, I feel some more stuff coming up. <laughs> Stop recording. Floodgates are open. <laughs> Uh, uh, but you know, I, I don't feel it, 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 it. So here's where I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it back and ask you advice because I don't feel it, it's, to a certain extent I feel like a little bit of a sham telling you all this stuff about time management this and time management that because ever since leaving my day job I have been a wreck about time management. I've always been so good at it when it was DefCon one, when I had to get something done at this time and I had to get something done at that time. Now, I'm a, I, I'm, it, it, it's, it's, I don't have to get something done before I go to my day job, or, and I don't have any of those pressures on me. Plus, I've got kids yeah. that are saying, hey, Dad, let's, you know, let's watch TNG. Or, do you got time for an episode? Or do you want to play this game? Or do you want to go out and throw the Frisbee? And it's so fucking hard to say no to that, that yeah. my time yeah. management has been blotto. And I don't know how to get I'm back on track. I was going to say, again, I bring nothing to the table just because <laughs> I think that my, my time management has been pretty uh, poor in that if I have an idea uh, and, I, and, and I have a good one, I have the luxury of cranking on it for a, you know, a contiguous four or five hours without any type of interruption. Well, the- and the thing I'm going to have to get used to is I, can, I got a half hour here, I got 20 minutes over there. Yeah. You know, I may I may have that that three four hours still of of being awake and being able to do it, but I have to split it up into when I know it's the case, yeah. and that's not something I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, I so it's funny because like, it must be a, a sense of, of the grass is always greener, Chris. Because I look at your output and I'm like, wow, he must have he must be a self starter to the nth degree because there's no way I could juggle all those all those projects that Chris has going. And maybe you look at Brad and I and say the same thing. I don't know. But I, um, I, I look at you, and, I, and frankly, I look at you, Brad, and I think, how do they maintain it all? I don't know how you guys do it. Well, it, it, yeah, actually, Brad, it's, it's reassuring for me to hear because I think you've got a lot going on, <laughs> and I think, how, does he, how is he managing it? I feel like I, I – it's like I said, I'm, I'm nervous about being a, uh, a parent where it's like, look, okay, today – you have 90 minutes, and you've <laughs> got to write this thing and, it, and ideally draw it. And that's it. That's what you got today. And whereas right now, it's, it's like, all right, I'm going to sit down. I kind of know what's supposed to happen today. And I'll think about the dialogue, and I'll let the muses whisper to me. And I don't have time for that anymore. I won't have time for that well, anymore. Well, I mean, I, I, okay, going, going back to that really quick, uh, there were a good number of times, especially when the kids were, like, pre-verbal, and even when they after they learned how to talk, when I kind of, uh, oh, what's that called, a, a stream of consciousness, just started talking mm-hmm. my way through storylines, and like I was telling yeah. them a story, you know, and then I, and then if it didn't work, oh, the that's first clever because 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 babies love or and little little kids love repetition anyway. So you know how you write, or I mean, how I write. I don't know if it's similar to you. I, I start my way down a path, and then I see if I can make a twist. 
And if those combinations right. of words don't work, I start again and I change the combinations of words and I see if I can come to something funny at the end. Well, all that repetition, if you're, if you're doing it in front of an adult, they'd get really bored. But kids love the repetition. They want to hear the same thing over and over and over and over again. So I would verbally go through the crafting of a joke with the kid, walking I around with the angry. kid. I am angry. <laughs> That is such a good strategy. Oh, I'm yeah. angry at that. Six the- years of parent, I never thought about that. <laughs> and and when they're babies, they're just happy that you're talking to them. You know, they, they're down there going, and and that. By I'm the way, genuinely mad. <laughs> <laughs> and babies don't even know that you're not interested in them at <laughs> all. No, but you're but doing Chris, part of part of uh, like developing, helping to develop language as a, and you'll figure this out too. Is as Brad said, you're just constantly narrating. Like, look at this spoon. Oh, it's yeah. a shiny spoon. Do you like that shiny spoon? Look at how it feels. Does it feel cold? Oh, it kind of has a curve right. to it. Like, you're just constantly narrating. But I never thought to make the leap that Brad just made, which is like. Start scripting your strips with the kid. Like, all right, Arthur walks in the first panel, and he's coming in from the left, and he says, hey, look at all the moon. You know, whatever whatever it is. I what? never thought of that. I'm plus, so mad. Plus I'm so are, mad. <laughs> babies are such great audiences because they, they, you get you, almost like a stand-up needs to hear the laugh. They give you that kind of positive feedback because, again, they're just happy that somebody's talking to them. So they're smiling, and they're, they're kind of almost cheering you on, and you hmm. you just go through it. That's, so that's how it's done. Everybody should have a child so that they could work their material. Uh, listen, I've uh, my kids have often written my stuff. Sometimes stuff comes right out of their mouth that fits right into four panels, and you just look at them, and it's like, okay, you get to live in this house for another month. This is going to work out, you know. <laughs> wow. So, but in terms of time man, in terms of time management, that still is. So you're you're doubling up. You're you're interacting with the child. And writing and working away, so you're doing what you can get yeah. done. Yeah, and you're using those moments when they when they show up. You you jump on them, and there's going to be some stuff that you, you, and and this is something that that well okay. There's a reason that I'm so excited about watching Star Trek: The Next Generation, and that's because I never watched Star Trek: The Next Generation when it was when it mm. was on. You know, there a, a huge part of a chunk of my life uh, that fell down low enough on the priority level that it, it, it watching TV series never happened for me, you know. So mm-hmm. there are going to be some things that fall down on your personal list of priorities as well that you used to do all the time that you just don't do as much anymore. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they're there, and it's not it's not without loss that that it's kind of like. Um, how you go from college to the real world and they're just your time you thought you were busy in college and then a job <laughs> is, is infinitely busier you thought you were busy before parenthood and you're just like it's just a new normal but you would like brad said you adjust you adjust yeah um what was i gonna say i had a great thought though about parenthood and i can't remember it oh, oh, it, oh go ahead um it was gonna be oh, now nah, i lost it again dang it it was about um <laughs> It was about how you lose your train of thought and you get old. <laughs> you're just an old, stupid person. Well, it, it, that that part that you said was really uh, accurate. Is that you used to think you were busy? Yeah, 
And that's sort of that's sort of the stages of life, I think, is that eighteen yeah. year old you thought you were busy until you met twenty one year old you, and then twenty one year old you thought you were busy until you met twenty eight year old you, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's why so many people want to go backwards. There's because you're like, I thought I had it so hard, and all I had was I had an hour and a half of homework a yeah. night, and I was so upset. Oh, yeah. That's the truth. I'd go back and relive those years anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I know what I was going to say. It just recurred to me. So you know how Brad figured out how to double duty the writing process? One thing that I used to figure out uh, was how to double duty the drawing process. And to me, the savior was a thing called Baby Bjorn, which is a B-J-O-R-N, Baby mm-hmm. Bjorn. Right. It's like some uh, northern European. Anyway. Is it where you wear Yeah, it's where you, you wear, wear your baby? child. And with, with my oldest, I figured out that if I tilted my body at a 45 degree angle from the table, they couldn't grab my pen or pencil <laughs> while I was drawing. And then I could sort of bounce, it sounds stupid, but I would sort of bounce my belly while I was drawing. And I'm pretty good about being able to draw like in cars or trains or jets. Like my line is scratchy enough where it, it adjusts, you know? Yeah. And so I would just yeah. kind of lightly bounce and talk and, and they would be fine and I could draw. And that for a key period of their development, that was awesome. I, you know, I could double duty it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think we're we're gonna wear our our child. We have friends who who swear by it, and have all these these techniques of, of baby wearing. Literally, I thought it was a different term, but it, no, you wear them like a like a like an accessory. Yeah, there's a whole industry of different ways you can wear a child. You know, there's like, I'm, and I'm not joking. There's like slings. There's uh, there's uh, what do you call them? Papooses. There's uh, baby Bjorns. There's you know well, the high tech to the to the basic cloth. Even the Bjorn, you can wear them in the front, and and you can adjust it so you wear them in the back. Right. Yeah. It's like right. those old Barbie outfits that you can flip inside out, so she's got the day wear, <laughs> and then the, you know she's ready for nighttime. And uh, that's how that's how I think of the baby Bjorn. You know, you're you're either on the go, active, or you're ready for the cocktail party with the baby on the back. Or... Well, what I coming back to time management, I I how did you? Because when you were working on Stripped and Sheldon and yeah. two kids, how did you do? Because that was that was the kind of workload that would that would cripple most people. How how did you do that? Well, um, and the thing that I didn't talk about publicly is we also had moved, and I was doing um, uh, construction at the new house and fixing up the old place before I could sell it, and. It was, I'll be honest, it was too much. It was stupid to do all that in the same year. Like, I was finishing up Stripped, had a new baby, was fixing up the old house, was building the studio at the new house. It was too much. That's a nightmare. Oh, yeah. It's, well, so the answer, Brad, how I did it is I gained 40 pounds. That's how I did it. <laughs> because I didn't sleep. I got super gray. And I ate for energy because I wasn't sleeping enough. So I drank a ton of coffee. I would eat a lot of chocolate to stay, keep myself awake. And I, mm-hmm. it was not, it was not good. It was not healthy. And so now in the baby's second year, I'm, I'm anticipating finally a renaissance of, of better health and better work and better, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that's the case anyway, because it was too much. It was honest to God too much. I should not have done all that in one year. Mm-hmm. And I think my work suffered, my my parenting suffered, my relationship suffered, my everything was sort of. I felt like I was doing everything at sixty percent, if that makes sense. You know. Yeah. 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 So it was not good. It was not. It was not the way you want to do it. So Chris, don't buy a house and make a feature length movie while you have a child. That's not. That's not good. <laughs> while trying to maintain doing a strip, that's. I would not recommend Are that. You just. I just dumped the the hard drive into the trash. <laughs> <laughs> 
This movie's <laughs> never coming out. Speaking of which, what's the latest on, on Stripped? Uh, what's the latest update? Because I know the last time we checked in, it was number one on iTunes, and then there was, I know you were doing, was it Canadian distribution? Uh, yeah, well, so we had, we had, we're, we're kind of rolling it out to different countries, you know, and so we had done Canada, and, uh, and uh, now the next up would be we're going to do it into the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Europe. Wow. Um, wow. And, uh, so that'll be coming up soon. And uh, so now it's a lot of screenings and festivals of various sizes. And the fun thing for us is releasing all the extra stuff. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but we're oh yeah all the, all the individual interviews. I think your guys' interview is finally up. It was a long one. Yeah. Um, hopefully I sent it to yeah, you. Yeah. But, um, no, no, you did. Or oh, I at did. least I got one. Oh, okay. Chris, I hope I sent it I to m- you. I might have. All that just goes in this <laughs> <laughs> It's just a filter for stripped. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, anything from me goes right in with the Nigerian spam emails. That's great. Oh, God. Uh, this, oh, guy this, this guy. SOB. Jeez Louise. <laughs> More content. <laughs> but um, anyway, so yeah, so um, I, I thought my workload would be done, frankly, with the film. And it's turning out to be that there's a whole third act of marketing and PR and continuing to get it out into the world, you know? Yeah. Um, which is both good and kind of exhausting because I kind of wanted it to be done. But um, but you got to kind of keep pushing. Um, well, yeah, because you don't want to get this close and then trail off. You, you gotta, yeah, you but gotta I, I go, I go to events way. like I'll, I, you know, in my mind, I thought like, oh, I pushed it too hard. Like I, I overplayed it and everyone's sick of me and no one wants to hear of it. And then like I went to the ALA conference, which is the big library conference. It's mm-hmm. 50 or 60,000 librarians. And you would meet people that would be like, oh, I've never heard of this. And you're like, damn it. All right. I guess I got to keep um, keep doing what I'm doing about it for another year <laughs> or so. Because so- there's the, when you work on something that long. It's. I know it sounds stupid and naive, but you just want people to see it. You know, you just yeah. want, you yeah. just want it to get out there. And um, so I'm just trying to figure out the best ways to get it out there to let people. Because I, it, what's most frustrating is when I meet someone in comics who has never heard about it, and I was like, really, God, what did I do wrong <laughs> that for the last two years you haven't heard about this? Yeah, there's two cartoonists at ALA that I was like, God, really? Do you not read anything, or am I doing it wrong? I don't know. Because honestly, in my mind, <laughs> I thought like, like I'm no, overdoing this. Read. Everyone hates me. I'm I'm over talking this thing. Like even I'm sick of talking about it. You know, like <laughs> no one wants to hear any more. No, I mean I, I. This is just for comics in general, or whatever project, not necessarily like a movie, but anything you push on any of your platforms. I don't know what the percentage is, but it might be like, at any given time, maybe twenty percent. Mm-hmm hears about it, 30% yeah. hears about it, pays attention to it. And so the next time you mention it, it's going to be another 30% of those people. But you'll never hit them all. They, there will always be people who are like, I didn't know you were doing another webcomic. Oh, yeah. And, and you just want to throttle them. My, ac- my, my actual biggest problem with the movie has come from somebody who did hear about the movie and, and came up and was telling me about it at, uh, at Philadelphia Comic-Con. And she was telling me all about this movie that she had seen. And it had all these cartoonists in it. And, and maybe I'd heard of it. And I said, are you talking about Stripped? And she said, yeah, that was it. Have you heard of it? And I go, heard of it? I'm in it. And she goes, oh, I'm sure you are. <laughs> I'm sure you are, buddy. Oh, <laughs> she did she everything gave, but tussle my hair. She gave you the little bop on the shoulder as yeah, she walks off. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you are, champ. She, I bet in, in you are. Mo- in her most motherly way, 
I'm sure you are. Yeah. I'm sure you are, sport. You know what? Here's here's. No, I'm in it. She's she's walking down the aisle, and I'm still yelling. I was in it. I was in it. I've I've known the guy who did it for a long time. <laughs> oh, this is getting richer yeah. and richer, isn't it? <laughs> and the and the other comment that I've got, somebody friended me on Facebook, and 15 minutes later wrote on my timeline with a little smiley face, I'll never forgive you for not putting me in your documentary. And I'm like, oh, no. And, 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 and I just want to know, Dave, is this an iota of the personal hell that you've earned through all of this Herculean effort that you've put in? <laughs> is that everybody who didn't make the movie or maybe didn't make enough cuts in the movie is now pissed at yeah. you? have no idea <laughs> you have no idea how much oh, i get I that in, in, really? in, in aggressive in passive in passive aggressive in subtweeting yeah no i especially when it first came out it was like oh god i'm sorry guys i couldn't fit the entire pantheon of cartooning in one movie i'm sorry <laughs> I got like 60 people in there, and I still felt like, oh, this is too many people. Like, the through line is not coming through. Yeah. And, uh, and still people were like, oh, I just feel like I, I could have been in there and really would have added to the quality of the feature. And, yeah. what, about, what about the thing I said about the thing I was doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, my URL wasn't on there? I don't know what the heck. Um, I sent you that press, but it's also just like, press? and and when uh, honestly, when it's a when it's a, and you would know them too. When it's a big time legitimate cartoonist, I'm like, I'm very sorry, you know. Yeah. For one, even though we had two nice kickstarters, it was still a limited budget. You know, Fred and I still went in the hole, um, so we couldn't travel everywhere uh, to get everybody. Was, was was the one big logistical problem. And then even among the people that we got, there were a few dear friends and super talented cartoonists that just for reasons of editing. And I'm sure you guys can imagine how. Yeah. If two people have similar quotes, but one, either the audio quality is better or they say it more succinctly or they hit the beat better, yeah. um, you just have to go with one quote over another. And, and so sometimes that meant that entire people got left out, which was a heartbreak. <laughs> um, it's like, well, look, if you knew the point that needed to be made at the point of the movie, and I said it, but I was mumbling, wouldn't Christian, you just told me to say it again louder and let me know that this is going to be the highlight of you the could, film? You could have called me. I would have dubbed it in. Yeah. You're like, I would have flown out. I would have flown out, you SOB. I, you son of <laughs> Right. Um, Tell me what I needed to say to have been the hero of the movie. That's all. That's all I wanted. But sometimes it was salvific for somebody getting in the film. Like, Jim Davis said the same thing, but you said it better or more succinctly. So you get in. You know, like that That happened the reverse, too. Um, so No, to me, to me, in a, in a, in a literal way, since this, I can name names in a positive way, the person in the movie for me was Malky, who had I, what I considered like the tent pole. Yeah of the entire thing with his example of the woodcutters and how they had to adapt. Oh, I, uh, well, or, so after out. we did that interview, I was like, Malky, I would like to take you for ice cream. And we took him, <laughs> yeah. we took him out for ice yeah. cream because as soon as we had done that interview, I was like, nope, I know where I'm using that. I know yeah. exactly where I'm using yeah. that. It I know what section perfect. and I know in what context I'm using that. Yeah, so we went out for an ice cream cone. <laughs> so I for the tentpole of the movie, I bought him a $2 ice cream in Venice, California. So there we go. <laughs> Well, there you go. I hope you sprung That's for the fair. sprinkles. That was worth it. I did. I got him the hard, the, the <laughs> remember the hard shell that freezes up when you put it on there. What is oh, that called? Yeah, um, yeah. Oh yeah, magic I love shell. That. 
what was that called? Uh, magic magic shell. shell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but anyway, Brad. So the the funny thing is, like, if if a major cartoonist, because at the ALA show, an, uh, a a fairly well known NCS cartoonist who's been in newspapers for twenty years came up to me and very passively was like, well, it's a shame that I wasn't able to contribute to the film and all this sort of stuff. Ooh. And I, a part of me was like, oh, that is a shame because there's, there's, you could have made a nice contribution. But then I'll get like emails or, <laughs> or past comments at a convention where it's like, I really think that my strip, Peepers Poopers, would have been a great thing to have in the film. And you're like, Peepers, I've never heard of you. Why do you assume, why do you assume that, you know, that that's a, I don't know. It's just a bummer. Yeah. I tried to I tried to do right by I know that sounds stupid but I tried to do right by the art form and and so sometimes that like I didn't even include myself in there for the most part you don't even see me or that's true so because um, I didn't want to be that kind of documentary and uh, so it bums me out when people are sad about it because I, it was not my intent to hurt anyone's feelings or or uh, leave them out you know? has anyone gotten downright mean about it yeah yeah two people have gotten mm. mean about it. Like nasty? That's a bummer. Well, not nasty, but just like un, un, like disgusting. Graphic. <laughs> <laughs> just a, just an no. unfortunate uh, use of words or or this or that, you know. Yeah. And you're like, that's oh, yeah. a bummer. You took it that way. Like some people take it so personally, like it's an egregious affront we, against we their ego. We've talked about. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot. Where like I'm sure in the minds of a lot of people, a thing like that is I'm going to get in there, everybody's going to see my name, I'll have said something really intelligent, that will be the turning point, they'll all look up my work. Yep. Yep. Like that's the, this is going to be a big moment for me. Right. And that you know? moment never but, happened. But, yeah, yeah. No, those moments don't really exist. I mean, you need a bunch of Yeah, them. that's the thing, and we've talked about this before. It's like there's a cum- cumulation of, of 50,000 of those events, but, you know, like I imagine, both of you might have gained a few dozen readers from the movie, maybe, and this is just guessing. No, I love. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's but even rough. if that it's even if that time, happens, you know? that do, that does not a career make, you know. So don't no yeah. need to cry for me, Argentina. It's not gonna. It's not like you lost your career because of that, you know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, there was one. I think a one-time or two-time Rubin Award winner who got very upset about it, and I was like, "I listen, I'm sorry. I to, don't know to what your to face, you. to your face. No, to email. Oh, to okay, email. in an email. So sometimes written word can have a more powerful effect, though. You know. Yeah. And it just left me. I, I oh, actually, yeah. it was. It's almost thought oh, out. Yeah, because like it's not like a heat of the moment. It's it's actually you can read it again. Exactly. <laughs> it's not. It's not a. It's not a passing phrase that just happened to trip onto the tongue. It's like no, I chose this word and I wrote this word down and all that sort of stuff. And what yeah. I, I actually just ended up laughing at it because I was like, what an unfortunate ego to be like. I am so deserving that this had to have happened, and the fact that it didn't was a bummer, you know. Or I totally, yeah. I totally get the feeling of. Because uh, I because I experience this often, where you say, "Oh man, why wasn't that me?" You know, I I, I totally get that, <laughs> yeah. and I and I own that. I get that feeling, and oh, I have that feeling all the time. I yeah. get oh, it. No, that's it. But to go from the from the why wasn't that me uh, to the point where you're writing somebody an email, a particularly a nasty email, demanding to be told why it wasn't you. I uh, yeah, it's like the differences between. 
oh, it's a shame it wasn't me versus why wasn't right. that? Right, and it's also, like I said, owning it and saying, okay, I have that jealousy feeling. I know it's irrational. I, I know enough to keep that kind of shit to myself. <laughs> well, when I got this email, and maybe maybe the, you can tell me if this was the wrong response to have in my mind. But when I got that email, the first thing I did was laugh about it. And then the second thing was I, 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 I did some calculations in my mind, and, and then I said, God damn it, you're worth 10 to $15 million. Why didn't you make this movie? Why did it take me having to make this movie? You know, like, yeah. if you're going to bitch about it, you should have made this movie 10 years ago, you know? So, uh, well, I did, and it was very good. It was just about me. <laughs> I couldn't think of anybody else to put in the movie. <laughs> it was just me in front of a camera for 90 minutes explaining. It was my manifesto. No, that's me at my smallest. That, but when I'm literally, my, my smallest moment is, well, God damn it, you should have made the movie if that's how you wanted it to be. You yeah. Know? Well, I think, that's, I think that's justifiable. I don't know. Yeah. It's me being petty, is what it is. It's okay. <laughs> You didn't put it back out there is what's important. Yeah, I am. I, uh, working with Fred, though, on this has been so much fun that I, I, I often wonder if 20 years from now we're going to revisit it and do like a follow-up film, you know, follow-up documentary. I was just it. wondering about that because uh, through the years you've always kind of hinted that you've enjoyed doing the documentary. You might want to do it again sometime. And right now, like, okay, I just finished putting <laughs> together uh, a graphic novel, right? And I'm at that point where I'm ready for it to be done. You know what I mean? And I yeah. don't want to look at this thing anymore, and I can't even think about putting the next graphic novel together, right? I got, I'm done with it. Yeah. How long is it going to take before you're actually ready to actually jump back in? Or are you there now? Uh, I, I'm sort of there now in the sense that I... I have, a, I don't know if ennui is the right word, but I like it's, there's a certain like, uh, now that three tasks have been reduced to two, I kind of miss having three on my to-do list, you know? Hmm. So um, Fred and I have banding about a couple follow-up projects, but the problem is having done it once, we know how expensive it is now, better than we did the first time. Um, and it would require either us ponying up a lot of money again or going back to Kickstarter and I, I frankly don't want to deal with Kickstarter at the moment having just gotten through all the fulfillment for the for the two that I did for Stripped and no one ever talks yeah. about that but that's just a miserable process the fulfillment for Kickstarter I mean it, no, it's, aw- it's, it's awful. awful it's awful and people change addresses and it's all awful um, <laughs> sorry I just became the oldest man alive oh, I don't like anything but um, so I'm, I'm, I'm apprehensive about how to do but I want to do some other filmed project again. I mean, we talked about this before, but I sort of, I now realize that I don't just want to be a cartoonist. You know?